Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you did not get fooled last Friday on April Fools. Today is April 5th, uh, 2022. It is Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Central Time, which means it's time for our weekly Blog and the Boys Roundtable. We stream these discussions live every single Tuesday, so you can participate along with us on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. Please do subscribe there. We also post this as a podcast on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. We are available wherever you get your podcast so subscribe leave a rating write a review those things help us out and you can listen at your own convenience joining me this evening tonight's roundtable competitors we have in the top right corner uh coming in fresh off of lobster season he was saying that before we started recording it is from blogging the boys tony Catalina down in the bottom right corner, somebody who probably chooses the blue version of Pokemon to start a career instead of the right, uh, correct version, which is the red version, who he has chosen incorrectly when it comes to institutions of higher learning. It is, of course, Aiden Davis and our reigning Blogging the Boys Roundtable champion, Mark Lane, joining us in the bottom left corner. Mark, are you prepared to defend your title this afternoon? It's not about the past. It's about now. Um, Aiden, are you somebody who really did choose the blue version over the red version? I'm not going to lie. I was never really a Pokemon kid. I, I always, I collected the cards and I had a bucket full of cards, but I never really played the games. Okay. You, it was, wasn't really a bad way to answer that question, but you found a way. So good for you. Uh, (laughs) Tony, uh, did you play Pokemon or were you one of the weirdos too? I actually did not play it, but right, I got into uh, what 2016 when people are you know chasing Pokemon through the cities and stuff. I think I got in that craze a little bit. All right, enough with um, wasting our time. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it tonight. We have four points to be awarded to, of course, choose our Blog and the Boys Roundtable weekly winner. Tony, you were not here last week. We're going to go through four rounds. Whoever wins that question wins the round. At the end of it, we have a winner. Of course, Mark won last week, which means Aiden lost. Um, Mark, you are uh, our reigning champion. I'm actually about to send you guys the topic list just to make certain you have everything in front of you. Uh, Slacking those over to you guys right now as we speak so as soon as you get your eyes on this mark let me know and we'll start with whatever category you prefer you all know them so tony if you so happen to win a point you get to choose where we go next uh mark have you made up your mind as far as what is first for us to discuss this evening does the eagles trade with the saints worry cowboys fans All right, so on Monday afternoon, the Philadelphia Eagles struck a trade with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, The Philadelphia Eagles, of course, had at the time three first-round picks here in 2022. They no longer do, as I'm getting a scam call. Uh, The Eagles gave up the 16th overall pick and the 19th overall pick, as well as a sixth-round selection. They received, Mark, the 18th overall pick. They still do have the 15th overall pick as well, so they still have two picks in the first round. They also received a three and a seven here 
in 2022, as well as a first-round pick in 2023. So now they have back-to-back years with multiple first-rounders, as well as a second-round pick in 2024. I think it's worth mentioning that that 16th overall pick did come by way of the Carson Wentz trade, so they have really made lemonade out of these lemons. Uh, But Mark, are you concerned about the future or present or whatever of the Philadelphia Eagles? Yes, because it allows them to have capital and and gives them opportunities to make investments because the way that these draft picks and you have multiple draft picks in the first round is it's kind of like in Interstellar where you had those different planets where, well, we think this planet is going to save humanity and then it didn't turn out, well, we got a backup plan and it's actually this one that's going to save humanity. And really that's what the multiple picks allow is for the Eagles to effectively rebuild and to give uh, Jalen Hurts weapons, or if he's not the guy, then they can go get their guy. Uh, you know, just saying like, for example, and Aiden, I'm, I'm sorry you have to hear this, but like if Bryce Young turns out to be the number one overall quarterback in next year's draft class, you can go get him and now you have the capital to do it. So, um, you know, I think it's worrisome on that front. Although if you remember the beneficiaries of the Ricky Williams trade in 1999 were Washington who did absolutely nothing with it. So just because you do have that capital doesn't mean that you will make sound investments with it though. But I I still think it is concerning. Uh, Tony, let's, you know, let's be fair. The Eagles did something wise, as Mark said. Um, they, you know, this is something that Howie Roseman is, is known to be pretty good at. I mean, as far as assembling a team, is a, it's a whole different story, but he can certainly accrue draft capital. Uh, they really didn't lose any standing in the first round, and that's what's kind of frustrating about this is they're able to already turn, you know, one of those first rounders into something else. And, and again, that they're still able to reap the benefits of getting rid of Carson Wentz, a quarterback who incidentally is now back in the division. Um, are, are you... Are you willing to say that it was a good move while also not being worried? Or are you worried like Mark is? How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to, to to sing the praises a little bit, but I thought it was a quality move. I thought they were um, thinking, they were forward thinking in, in the way they processed that move there. Um, ultimately, it being the Eagles, I'm a little skeptical to go ahead and you know give them their flowers about it now because they do have to make the proper selections and they have to make do with with those picks but they are setting themselves up for an opportunity if Jalen Hurts isn't the guy they're looking you know into 2023 so on the surface from this very point it looks like a move that's tough to criticize at this time Aiden do you feel as if the Eagles um are the most competitive threat to the Cowboys in the NFC. I know that's something you have said before. Have, have you changed that disposition over the course of the offseason? And does this impact that? I mean, um, unfortunately, they will have the latitude to acquire a quarterback in 2023 if they do so want, as Mark alluded to. Yeah, I think that the entire offseason, I've been kind of singing the praises that slow down on crowning us the 2022 NFC's champions just yet because the Eagles – looked solid at the end of the back half of 2021 and now they have three draft picks to build up i'm in terms of 2022 i'm less scared of the eagles now obviously just because they have less draft picks they haven't really done much in free agency yet and so i don't think they're going to be the team they're not going to be incredibly scary for 2022 but like mark said 
the reason that I was fine with them having three draft picks in this year's class is because of the fact that none of the quarterbacks scared me. And so it was pretty, they were pretty much set with Jalen hurts for this upcoming season. And to me, this is a brilliant move where now like, unfortunately a brilliant move where now they have an extra year to assess Jalen hurts. And we're kind of on this bubble of nobody really knows what Jalen hurts is. Is he the franchise guy? Is he not? They have an extra year to assess, and you have C.J. Stroud, you have Bryce Young coming in for next year's drafts, and the Saints are not going to be good this year. I'm hold, Maybe Jameis Winston is good, but it doesn't really seem like they're going to be that competitive. So this, this scares me for the future. It makes me feel a little bit better about 2022. Yeah, I think when you look at all of the teams who own extra first-rounders already in 2023, the Eagles' uh, extra pick might look the best. The Dolphins, as an example, own San Francisco, so I think we all believe in San Francisco's team. Houston owns Cleveland's. Detroit owns the Rams. Um, I think I'm forgetting somebody else uh, off the top of my head, but my point is that the Saints are probably the worst team of all the teams that all these teams are rooting against. Uh, we do have a question. AJ Torres says, can we play two? You can. Uh, as far as uh, who wins the Knights' Roundtable. You can also vote for who you think wins the point, wins the round. Uh, although the voting for this particular round has come to a close, the winner, uh, the winner, excuse me, for round one is of course Aiden. Congratulations! Great point in noting uh, basically that the Eagles did not mess up by drafting or going all in to draft a quarterback this year. I think we all would have loved that to see them try to sell Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis as the future of that team. Uh, unfortunately, they were wise enough to acknowledge that the future is maybe where uh, things are a little bit more ripe. A bit of a twist for Mark. Mark and Aiden, because you were both here last week, Tony, you were not, I'm going to include a loser for each round. So the winner gets one point and the loser now gets a negative point. So you start off even further behind uh, your competitors. The loser for round one, Tony Catalina, um, you know, not being willing to applaud the Philadelphia Eagles in a total capacity, bad luck. You got, you know, you got to be willing to tip your hat and you weren't. Um, so Mark and Aiden, a little bit more respectful and polite than you were. So do you have any, uh, any regrets, Tony? What does Megan? Uh, what does Megan Kelsey say? <laughs> Philly fit never. So yeah, that was about as good as I can give him. Our standings after the first round, Mark, you don't have any points, but you're still in second place. Tony, negative one. Aiden, you are at one. This is a very mathematical process. So that being said, Aiden, you won the first round. So what subject would you like to tackle next? I want to tackle which receiver the Cowboys should hypothetically trade for. Like so this. over the weekend, the Miami Dolphins sent Devontae Parker to the New England Patriots, a rare in-division trade uh, in exchange for a third-round pick. The Dolphins did also send a fifth-round pick to New England as part of the swap. The Cowboys, of course, received a fifth-round pick in exchange for Amari Cooper. There was a sixth-round pick swap as well. Uh, some compensation that many believe was a little bit low as far as what we perceive Amari Cooper's abilities to be. It was reported, Tony, on Monday, as you look to get back in the game here, that the Cowboys were interested and in the mix when it came to Devontae Parker and his future destination. Now, Devontae said he always wanted to be in New England. What an amazing coincidence that Devontae wound up in the place he wanted to be at all along. Um, are you first, you know, are, are, are you upset? This is the first question. Are you upset that the Cowboys didn't pull the trigger on Devontae? Or are you fine not paying a third round pick? Then we'll get to this exact question. Yeah, I mean, um, Devontae Parker for a third, it didn't really do anything for me. So we, we lose on that one. I'm not really uh, too upset about that. Mark, Aiden, either of you feel like Dallas should have, have met that asking price? No. I absolutely – I think we should have. Absolutely. Mm. Interesting, Aiden. Looks like you don't want to be in the lead anymore. Wow. 
Um, okay. Uh, so that being said, it was reported uh, by Adam Schefter, along with the report that Dallas was interested, Tony, that Dallas is still looking to add a wide receiver. A lot of people focused on the verbiage here, add, uh, not necessarily draft, although Chris Olave, uh, one of the 30 visits so far this week, obviously they're happening all the time. Um, who should the Cowboys be interested in trading for among veteran you know, wide receivers in the NFL? I know you're working on something uh, as far as a written article about this at blogofthewoods.com as well. Do you have a name for us, Tony? I do, and he's up in Seattle, and he's not the one that people have been mentioning. Oh. I think, I think if there was a chance or a way to get Tyler Lockett, now he's 30 years old, and if I believe if I read the contract language correctly, there's a possibility of an out in 2024. So it looks like, based on what I see on you know Spot Track, it looks like uh, this year he may be on the books for $3 million. There is some type of a cap hit there, but... With the way Seattle is moving and him being, you know, on the other side of 30 now, I think he could help be productive now. Somebody that can help on the slot can really uh, be a friend, a help of Dak Prescott's. But at the same time, you don't really have to hitch your wagon to a guy like that for the longevity. He's not looking to cash out. He's already got a contract. So the first name that popped in my head after some research was Tyler Lockett. Mark, should we be should we be focusing on players who can play in the slot for Dallas when CeeDee Lamb exists? Or, or should we be looking for outside boundary receivers at this point? Yeah, I think that boundary receivers, and I don't think that they should add veterans necessarily. I think that they should try to commit with younger talent and look in the draft. Uh, because let's say, you know, I, I think that 24 overall may be a little too high, but if they can pick up someone in the second round, I, you know, I think that that'd be more helpful. Uh, but I, I, if I had to pick a veteran receiver, I would go with Brandon Cooks because he's a guy that produces no matter where he's been. He's only had two seasons since he was the Saints' first-round pick in 2014, wherein he did not have a thousand yards receiving, and he's played with a variety of quarterbacks, uh, both guys like Tom Brady, Drew Brees and um rookies and guys like Tarod Taylor. So I I would if I had to I would go with Brandon Cooks, but ideally I think they should look to the draft and just go I mean do you believe in Michael Gallup or not? Do you believe in CeeDee Lamb or not? There's your veteran receivers. Mm. Uh, in case anyone was unaware, Mark Lane, also the managing editor for the Texans Wire, so has his finger well on the pulse of uh, the other Texas team. What was the reported asking price, uh, Mark? I don't actually don't know if the report was accurate or what the but the chatter was a second round pick. Is that correct? A second, and that's just way too high. Yeah, so nobody's going to be paying that price. Um, so Aiden, Mark is his team. Don't really trade for anybody, but if you're going to at least kick the tires on Brandon Cooks, Tony Catalina has um, you know, offered Tyler Lockett as a would-be option. Do you have a non-Brandon Cooks, non-Tyler Lockett option that the Cowboys should consider trading for? Yeah, so I do, and, I, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not going to – I don't want to give the points to Mark, but my number one guy was Brandon like, – I have a list, but my number one guy was Brandon Cooks. I think he's the perfect fit. I'd love Tyler Lockett on the team as well, so I don't know why I'm just kind of sabotaging myself here. My receiver is going to be a player that may still Cowboys fans may have a bitter taste in their mouth about. I'm going Tim Patrick. Fireball Fireball Tim Patrick. I am I 
based off 2021 alone. I, j- hang on, and just because I don't know that anybody or everybody remembers who he is. Tim Patrick had the big touchdown on Trayvon Diggs. He plays for the Denver Broncos, kind of a forgettable name, and then was the person who came out. Uh, what was the his comment about being upset? Um, does anybody know, remember what I'm talking about? Mark, you probably do. He had a, a comment about uh, like Dallas. Oh, it was uh, going for it on fourth down, was it not? Uh, and, and that was disrespectful. I mean, Tim Patrick, let's chill out a little bit. I'm sorry, Aiden, go ahead. But all that aside, Tim Patrick and a receiving core of Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Tim Patrick, you can make the argument that Tim Patrick put up the best stats last year, and yet he's just going to be completely forgotten about because he doesn't have the name value of Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. I think he's an amazing receiver. At one point in the season, it was late in the season, I can't remember what week, he had the best PFF grade against man coverage. He's a talented receiver. The only pause I have is they the Broncos just extended him, and so I think they have faith in him. But, I mean, you're paying Russell Wilson now. Jerry Judy's going to be due for a contract in a, a couple years. You're, you're already paying Cortland Sutton. I mean, how much can you afford to pay these receivers? I would, I'd be thrilled if we could get Tim Patrick for somewhat cheap. Mm, I just very... want Tim Patrick for the memes. So, you can, you know, da-da-da. No, Tim Patrick. Just for the memes, I want Tim Patrick. If if he had a better, like, more football player name, he would be talked about so much more. But the fact that his name's Tim Patrick, everybody forgets about him. Yeah, like, it's difficult to come up with. Like, a, like Tims are generally kind of boring. You know what I mean? Like, there isn't, like, a, a pizzazzy Tim. Like, even the greatest Tim of all times, like Tim Duncan. Like, what's he, like, known for? Like, being kind of, kind of chill and kind of boring. Um, so... That's the point. That's why you call him Fireball Tim Patrick. So okay. it gives a little pizzazz. I like the, um, you know, the creativity, the ingenuity that you have shown, Aiden. Um, not enough to win round two, of course, uh, here on our, our roundtable. Um, but, um, yeah, neither was Tyler Lockett. The winner, Mark Lane. Uh, the Brandon Cook suggestion, kind of chalk, if I'm being honest, Mark. A lot of people throwing that out, but it made the most sense. And Tony didn't take it. You didn't control the order you did you acknowledge that a second round pick wasn't a good asking price or a fair asking price and i think what's more is i would be excited if the cowboys wound up trading for a veteran i think that's a smart way to go about building your team and look for future compensatory picks and things like that but i think you have a great point like hey michael gallup is your veteran receiver like believe in that you paid the guy like why why go down multiple different paths when you kind of have one staring you right in the face that isn't to say they don't need help uh but i think you you put together the best overall package mark are you proud of yourself Yes, and um, I hope Aiden doesn't file tampering charges because I took the first guy off his list. Um, Aiden's uh, suggestion was very creative. Um, In fact, super creative, which is why, Aiden, you are not the loser. Tony, uh, the round two loser yet again, uh, really just embarrassing. Um, Again, if you're going to bring up a Seattle Seahawks wide receiver, like I know it's not sustainable, but DK Metcalf would have been the choice. I mean, you know, I I applaud you for, you know, trying to look under um, some different rocks and stuff, but not not your wisest move. Uh, What do you feel or what do you have to say about having a score of negative two so far uh three whole points behind both members of your competition i'm hoping to finish with negative four to be honest with you look at this guy look at this guy's getting a little bit fiery okay mark uh the stage and the floor are yours yet again what subject would you like to hit next so have we all settled on a favorite target at number 24 overall okay so um 
at present time, um, everybody in the world has done a simulation of a mock draft. Lots of great sites have them. Um, there are different ways you can go about putting them together. In fact, we have mock drafts that drop every Monday here on the blog on the boys YouTube channel, myself and Connor Livesy. And this week we took Ohio State wide receiver Chris Olave, who is a recent visit to the Dallas Cowboys, part of their 30 visits. Chris Olave is a big name. Kenyon Green is a big name. Zion Johnson's a big name. There's a handful of names. Uh, Mark, you uh, may have appreciated my tweet on Monday night when I noted that the last time Kansas won the national championship the dallas cowboys selected an arkansas razorback offensive player in the 20s uh of course i believe the only razorback that jerry jones has selected um so far um who could ever forget felix jones good times yeah and then what was fun was that particular rookie season felix jones uh went on ir after the cardinals game in week six with turf toe or something and then the debate of they should have taken Mendenhall just was right there. They should have taken Ray Rice, and that was just the whole Felix Jones era. But, uh, yeah, I, I, even though I got to see Traylon Burks really put on a show this season, uh, I he, he's not my favorite at number 24 overall. I think that given Dallas's needs and that – I think that would be a little too high for a receiver per se. Oh. And uh, I, you know, I'm just, I think that, but what I believe goes against the, what the Cowboys believe. I mean, at that particular pick, I would take George Carlaftis from, from Purdue. I would go with an edge rusher. I would try to bring in someone better than Randy Gregory at least in terms of his career, what he produces on his rookie contract during his tenure with the Cowboys. That's what I would look to do is add an edge rusher, add someone to really allow Micah Parsons to just fly around. I know that Micah Parsons is good at edge rushing. We'll use him when when that situation arises. I need Micah Parsons to be everywhere. And if I can bring in a solid edge rusher like Carl Aftis, then I can do that. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year, at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. That was Todd McShay's pick to the Cowboys in his latest mock draft uh, that dropped today, actually, the day we're streaming this on Tuesday. So an interesting left turn of a pick from you, Mark. Not quite left, but, you know, a little bit left, like 11 o'clock um, left, not, not all the way. Like, like uh, that meme where the guy drifts <laughs> on, the, uh, on the exit. 
you know, where you could go yeah, straight. Exactly. Straight, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, big, big night for memes uh, from Mark Lane. So uh, well done. Um, Tony, we'll save you for last. Give you an opportunity to kind of pull one over here. Aiden, do you have a favorite target at 24 for the Cowboys? Or are you still casting a wide net? I somewhat. I'm casting the net that I really, really, really want us to go somewhere on the offensive line at 24. And if it's not on the offensive line, I'm probably going to leave somewhat disappointed. I I understand receiver. It would be fun. It's a shiny new toy. Traylon Burks, Chris Olave, that would all be really fun to have. But I... And the, and the popular argument that's been brought up is, well, the Bengals took Jamar Chase over Pene Sewell and they made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Talk about the, memes. That was the really popular, the Joe Burrow, like, stick figure. That was all over the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They lost the Super Bowl because they didn't have an offensive line and we're not going to get a Jamar Chase at 24. And likely there's not a Jamar Chase in this draft. And so take go with your need. Go offensive line. My guy, my guy, and it's gonna kill me to say it. He goes to an inferior school. I'd, I'd like us to take Kenyon Green at twenty-four. I think he's hullabaloo, the, baby. I think he's the best guard in this draft. And if you can get him at twenty-four, I'm all for it. Mm. Aiden, a fan of replacing a Longhorn with an Aggie. Go figure. Uh, Tony, are you subscribing to either one of these theories? Are you team O-line? Are you team edge rusher? Are you team receiver? Nobody is seemingly willing to go to bat for a Traylon Burks or Chris Olave or whoever else the case may be. You know, I was looking. Originally, Aiden took my guy. I was going Kenyon Green from the beginning. Not a great start for you if you want to win this point, but just, yeah. So, but in the same vein, I still think offensive line needs to be addressed. And, you know, we're going to stay within the state that I'm in. And I think if Kenyon Green isn't the pick or is already picked, I think that goes Zion Johnson from Boston College. I think he, him and Kenyon Green are touch and tag, so to speak. I think Kenyon Green is more so what the Cowboys look for with the versatility, um, a little bit, you know, more of a polished uh, offensive guard, I think. But with Kenyon Green gone, in the emphasis of offensive line pretty much needing to be what they do. And I hate them picking for need, but if that's just how the board falls, I'd feel a lot better about it. But I'm sitting here thinking that Zion, uh, Zion Johnson from Boston college is the pick for me. Mm. Does anybody feel impressed by something that one of their adversaries said here right now? The only thing I'll Danny Phantom put out a great tweet the other day. He compared it to Zion Johnson's kind of the they, he compared to like the Roshan Slater of this draft, whereas Kenyon Green's the Penne Sewell, like in terms of the versatility. So I just think that's some, that was a really good tweet for me, and I enjoyed it. Mark, I think you had a thought. Uh, just basically, you know, Kenyon Green. Um, but I figured that everyone else was going to say it, so that's why I went in the direction. Oh of wow, noble respect. You know? Okay. Um, look, I went to Texas A&M. All right, let's be clear. All right, round three winner, Aiden Davis. Aiden's playing to the crowd. I respect it. Uh, well done. And, I mean, that is the biggest hole, right? Like, Mark, you have a point that edge rusher is a big hole for the Cowboys. But if, again, we look at their offseason moves, they have technically brought back Dorrance Armstrong. They 
kind of technically brought back to Marcus Lawrence. They technically brought in Dante Fowler. Like, I'm not saying, like, the math is, you know, equivalent to the players being the same, but they have added bodies. The only place where they have not added anybody is along the offensive line. And I prefer Ken Young Green to Zion Johnson, Tony. So, sorry about that. Uh, Tony, because you kind of piggybacked (laughs) off of Aiden... Um, again, you know, a loser for this round, but you said, here. you said you wanted to, to finish with negative four. I mean, so I'm partly trying to, you know, uh, set you up, uh, for success here. Um, so our standings after round three, Mark, you have a point. You can still tie, um, Tony, you can't, um, with negative three, Aiden, your, your lead is, um, it's somewhat safe. We'll see how this goes. Uh, but RJ, oh, oh, I, I don't want to win a point off of. Anything that has to do with Texas A&M, Tony, if you'll take it, I want to give my point to Tony. Wow. <laughs> Tony, do you want this charity point or not? I don't take the charity point. Give it to him. But if the orders were reversed, I definitely was taking Ken Young Green. But give it to Aiden. He got it. That's how it goes. Um, I will say, because I like to stir the pot, that um, if we look at the standings here, um, Tony, you are trailing Aiden by five points, so you would need six points to win. It just so happens, guys, that the final point or the final question is worth six points exactly. So everybody's still in the mix as far as this particular roundtable is concerned. Uh, Congratulations to all of you. I know that you uh, feel incredible to hear this. Mark, this was your question. This is the last scheduled question we have tonight. Uh, What inconvenience in life has this Cowboys offseason felt like? Um, I'll give you the floor. Again, your question go wherever you want it's up to you yeah I, I think that this offseason for Dallas has in terms of inconveniences is kind of like when you have a flat tire on the way to work and it's a rainy morning and so you you know it's a 30 minute commute and within the first 10 minutes you get the flat tire on the side of the road and it's raining but you if you don't panic and you call your boss and say, hey, here's what's going on. If you arrange an Uber, if you leave the keys in the car for AAA and you catch the Uber and you're on the way to work because you didn't panic, it doesn't have to be a big, huge, horrendous ordeal. So I think that with even though things have been inconvenient and embarrassing, to this point for Dallas in the offseason, as long as they don't panic in the draft where they still have their greatest asset, as far as I'm concerned, with Will McClay and that scouting staff to work their magic, I think that they can infuse a lot of genuine optimism, not hopium, going into the offseason workouts. I think Will McClay and the scouting staff, Mark, to stick with your analogy, are like um, like the, the Cowboys paid for the great insurance. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they paid for the like premium, you know, you're, you've got a flat tire, you, you jump to the top of our list, you know, whatever they're paying that extra monthly fee. Uh, Moinka said flat tire and agreed with you entirely that this is the same exact idea. Uh, so you have one fan, uh, here rooting for you to win the necessary six points, Mark. Um, I will go next because I want to, um, I think that this off season has felt like moving. Um, moving can be a fun thing. 
but it's mostly a terrible thing. Like it's exciting because you're, you know, generally moving to somewhere you want to move. Obviously, different circumstances in life, you know, present themselves, and that's not always the case. But even when you're moving to somewhere you want to move, it is a pain. You have to box everything up, and you always think like after the first day of packing, you're like, oh, this isn't going to take long at all. Like this, this is going to be totally easy and totally quick. No, it's not. It takes forever. And then you reach a point in life where you have like family dishware and you have crap you have to wrap in bubble wrap and the you know newspapers and stuff and then you got to label those boxes as whatever and so like then you got to put all the boxes that go in one room in one area and then they got to wrap the couches and they got to take the backs off the couches so it can fit and then you got to drive the thing and then you got to cancel all the stuff and you got to set it all up at the new place it just never ends it is never ending it takes like a year to fully move and this offseason has felt like a year even though it's only been a couple of months does anybody agree I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's. I was a little bit impassioned. Nobody really had any any wild takes. Okay. Yes. I moved to. What's that? I'm just wondering, like, what? What? This comes from experience, almost. Like, what kind of move was this? You know. I mean, the last time that we moved, my family and I, uh, was two years ago this summer and it sucked i mean like it was awesome but it sucked like it's a, a annoying process and then like you know you get to the new place and all you want to do is like feel at home but everything's in boxes like you just it, it takes a, a long time alex storm uh great point says that i drew it out too long maybe that was the problem yeah as somebody who has moved the last four years because Aiden, you're I moving from dorm to dorm that doesn't count I, everything's like furnished I for you no, I'm I'm moving every I'm moving my bed. I'm moving. We furnish our apartments. I'm moving couches. Also, as I've moved the last four years, it feels a little bit over dramatic because. How dare you? Wait till I you have to include a china cabinet in your movement. All right, it's it's a little bit different. All right, exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. So it can only be worse. I don't think this offseason's been as bad. It feels a little bit overdramatic. All I'll say is things are looking good for Mark to repeat as uh, the weekly roundtable winner. Tony, what inconvenience in life has this Cowboys offseason felt like to you? Flat tire, moving, what else you got? To me, I don't know. It just This is the inconvenience I feel. Try to stick with me. It won't be as, as drawn out. But to me, it feels like you had a great meal. You know, like the season had a great meal, but the dessert was unsatisfying, right? So you, you finish off your 12 and 5. You think the year is going to be good. Give us some examples. Like, like, give us, like, tell us what the meal and the dessert is like. We need okay. to. You go to a steakhouse and you get a, a beautiful steak with some mashed potatoes. I know you think that's this, the inferior potato choice. Yeah, baked potato is the way to go. Yeah, you like the baked potato, but with nothing on it, I think you said. so. I you throw butter and, and, and bacon bits. Let's be you okay. know, fair I, was say, I put cheese, the whole sour cream, the whole nine. Yeah. But you get a nice steak, a nice mashed potato. Maybe you have some asparagus with it. But then, you know, and that's the 12 and 5. You win the NFC East, and then you get to the, you know, the playoffs, the dessert round, and the tiramisu you get is not good. Right. It's it just didn't match the, the standard. But you have a little doggy bag, right? Your, your fiance, my wife or whatever, doesn't finish her food. So now you're like, okay, I'm going to have that to take it home. You may have a late night snack. You're in the middle of the night. You go down to the kitchen. And as you're, you're on your way to the kitchen, you stub your toe. And now you're not hungry. You're in pain. You're sitting there. And now this whole off season just feels like one toe stub after a disappointing dessert, even though you thought the meal was going to be one of the highlight meals of your life. Mark, this was your question. How did you feel about that? I love the reactions. <laughs> I did. I mean, it was great. We got RJ, who just was so impassioned about moving. I mean, that was awesome. 
And then I got to be honest, Tony, I thought maybe you were going to have kind of a lobster analogy. Um, so I wasn't really <laughs> expecting that one too much. Um, there have been moments, I would throw this in with your analogy, though, is it's been kind of also on the way when you're fixing the th- meal in the middle of the night, the snack, that the microwave, you didn't get it right at one second. So then it beat <laughs> too. So then everybody heard that you got up. Woke everybody up. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the subject of food, I think we were talking about lobster before we started recording. I think another one, it's crawfish season. Um, it's kind of like when you wear white to go to like a crawfish event and you know that's not wise. You know what I mean? Like that's on you. And 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 then you eat and you're like, well, it's got dirty. We knew not to get our hopes up. You know what I mean? Like we, we knew better. It. You know, like, and here we are and we're upset. So um, really, this is our fault. Aiden, good luck topping uh, the toast stub uh, from Tony. Okay. Oh, Mark, real quick. What's the best way to eat potatoes? Mashed or baked? How do you feel about that? Mashed. You guys are I sick. Think, you guys like but, soup. But, but I'll tell you what's better than mashed potatoes are cauliflower mashed potatoes. I think those are really great. You're on an island there, Mark. Uh, Aiden, what you got? Yeah. First, I want to shout out to I Bleed Blue 365. That reference, it's it was a while ago, but that fireball reference is from the fantasy footballers. I'm going, and I just as quick prefix, I'm going to be the less, I'm going to be the most optimistic of our group. When I go to a restaurant, Every, so we're sticking with the food analogy here. Right after, yeah. right after Tony had it, that this is, I know you're trying to win. Just to be very clear, the second he had the food analogy, it, it kind of anyway, it's gonna be perfect. Trust me. I every time I go to a restaurant, if there's a burger on the menu, there's about a fifty percent chance that I'm ordering the burger just because I love hamburgers. I always get the burger burger medium rare. That's my go-to. The burger always, without fail, comes out medium, just because that's the way that. They want to decrease their liability. They don't want to serve a medium rare. It's never rare enough for me. It always comes out medium. But I still like the burger. I still eat it. It's still fine for me. And that's the way this offseason's been. I We went in the offseason. I was wanting medium rare. I wanted Bobby Wagner. I wanted all these free agents. Maybe we trade for somebody. I Maybe we bring back Gregory, Curse, Anger. We bring back everybody, and it's going to be a great offseason. Well, yeah, no, it, that didn't happen. And as I expected, the offseason ter- came out to be a medium burger. We lose Gregory, trade Cooper. Not great, but we're still able to bring back a lot of the free agents that I don't think a lot of us were expecting would come back to the team. Guys like Leighton Vanderesh, Curse, Dorrance Armstrong. You're able to bring back all these other guys. Add James Washington, Dante Fowler. Again, it's not a medium rare burger, but I'm still eating it. I still don't think it's horrible, but I definitely would have preferred a medium rare burger. Does anybody have any any thoughts on this? Um, what do you have on your burger? What condiments? Mustard and mayo. Okay. What about pickles? If so no pickles, tomatoes are always off. Okay, because uh, this week on or on the upcoming. Hidden Yardage Podcast, I'm going to have a burger the way that Sean Martin, my co-host, likes, because he always criticizes my burgers, and he says that I'm weird for having pickles on them and lettuce, and so so I, I, I want to think... try one Aiden's way, too. Matter of fact, I want to go on like a burger tour 
of everybody with the blog and the boys podcasting network have a burger their way just instead of a mile in your shoes a burger your way um so moinka says uh the burger is medium rare but sat in the window too long and ended up medium um not a bad way to put it uh johnny boy rn um this off season has been like needing a bathroom real bad and you don't know where one is. That's the worst feeling. Like you're on the highway, you're driving, you're thinking like, Oh man, this, and then you see the sign and it's like one is two miles away and you're like, okay, great. And, but there's construction like by that exit and you can't get off there. Like that's, you know, that's tough. Um, I will say this. Um, there were two disappointing answers. Um, <laughs> two of them actually, uh, there was one disappointing answer. Aiden, I'm, I'm sorry. That was really bad. That was not, not your best work. I mean, um, plus you put mustard on a burger. Like I got to take points off for that. Like that's disgusting as well. Um, so, and dude, like grow, you know, expand the palate. Like don't just order burgers that every time you go to a restaurant, you know what I mean? Like there are good ones, but you know, let me, this system <laughs> is like Quidditch where I had three great rounds and somebody else is going to catch the gold snitch and it doesn't matter. Um, I had incorrectly put round, uh, three, it's round four. Um, yeah, not, not, not good. Um, not well done at all. Now, uh, Tony, I will say you took a long time to get somewhere that we had no idea you were going. I thought the analogy was going to have to do with the food and the tiramisu like being bad or turning or something in the fridge overnight. I do empathize with that feeling, though. Like Sometimes you still want the leftovers from your spouse later on in the night, and you're kind of pumped that they did not finish it. So that made some sense. Mark, I like the flat tire thing. That actually is probably the most applicable to what we're experiencing here. Uh, but I feel really bad. So Tony is the round four winner, which means that Tony is the overall winner for the round table tonight. Final score uh, for everybody keeping score at home. This round was worth not only six points to the winner, but negative six to the loser, which means, Mark, you ended up in second place with one point. Tony, all the way back from negative three to three. Aiden falling all the way to negative four. Tony, Catalina, congratulations. What do you have to say? You know, I'm glad that I came in here and I'm one and oh in my round table. <laughs> you know, I, th- I you had me in the first three quarters. I'm not going to lie, but I appreciate the win. Mark, you are our outgoing champion. Do you have anything to say to Tony um, now that his time has come? You're placing the crown and the sash on him, metaphorically speaking. Way to go. Um. <laughs> that's, that's okay. <laughs> Very encouraging. Aiden. Um, wasn't wasn't your fourth quarter? You really Atlanta Falcons this? this I mean, in, in your own special way. I liked my analogy. I guess I'm just too optimistic for this pity party y'all got going on. If we discouraged you from ordering burgers at every restaurant you go to as a result of this, I think it was like a net positive, like you know, an impact that we had on your life. I mean, you know, there are a lot of great restaurants in our country, a lot of great items on their menu. Again, you know. Maybe order some tacos, you know, maybe order, you know, the fish, you know, some salmon, like, you know, the tilapia. I mean, you know, get, get, maybe a nice grilled chicken Caesar salad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't be afraid. Aiden, Can't don't be beat afraid. a good burger. Can't beat a good burger. Wow. Um, okay. Does anybody have anything else before we start to wind down? Anything else you want to get off your chest? Anything at all? Now's the time. Mark. So did you feel like, I mean, I, with my analogy, I did try to <laughs> provide some optimism, though, that... You know, the I actually think you added the most optimism, but there's still a chance that you can recover and have the win. I think, again, you added the most optimism, especially the incorporation of Will McClay uh, and the scouting staff. You know, and I, I feel like I took you home. Like you took this thing 99 yards and I said they were kind of like the premium service. You know what I mean? Like we kind of tag team that one a little bit. Um, however, um, 
you know, we, we've gotten a lot of flat tires. You know, like, like that's, that's kind of how I feel about this. Like, it's not the tires anymore. It's the car. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's time. Like, this, this thing's got, like, 300,000 miles on it. You know what I mean? Like, the air conditioner barely works. Like, it, it's time for a new car. That's really how I feel. That's more about the offseason than it is about the analogy, to be fair. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> um, Aiden, anything else you want to add? Anything at all? No, just that the system's rigged. Tony, um, you know, you want to go back and, and say Kenyon Green? I mean, like, again, you're the winner here, so you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I do like the Kenyon Green pick. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I want to, you know, I, so badly in me, I want to go receiver, but I, but the the smart fan in me knows it's probably not the best choice. So. Okay, last last question for each of you then, and Tony, you can go first. If the Cowboys take a receiver, is it a little little bit of a failure? Failure is not the right word, but is it a little bit of, of, a, of a misstep? Is it a little bit of a chasing the shining toy, as Aiden alluded to? I would I would need to see the board fall for it to sure. work organically. If if it's a force, then yeah, I won't feel great about it. But if that's just how the chips fall, then I'm okay with it. But yeah, a lot would have to fall for it to make sense. Aiden, I would be really not. I'd be really discouraged after the pick if they went receiver. Like after the day day one's unique because you have time to think about the next few rounds. Like it's only one like mm-hmm. only one round. And so that entire night and going into the next day, I'd be really discouraged. But what I will say, my number one guy that I thought was realistic to drop to the Cowboys last year that I didn't want them to take was Micah Parsons. And RJ, I don't know if you remember, but the first interaction we had was me DMing you on Twitter because I was like, RJ, please talk me off a ledge here because I am terrified right now that we just took Micah Parsons. So I do have trust in Will McClay, but I do think it's a little bit of a mistake to go receiver. I think that's fair in a vacuum. I did not remember that. So good, uh, good throwback here for us on Tuesday, not Thursday. Mark, even if it's Traylon Burks, will a tiny little part of you feel like it didn't work out the right way? Yes, because, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm. I know that Tony had the qualifier of I'll have to see the board fall organically and blah blah. I'm, I'm just going to incorporate everything and say if they take a receiver, it's going to be a letdown mm-hmm. because it feels like that. And like I said, whether it's their guy wasn't there or whether they um, were cognitively deficient in the moment that they didn't that they, like he said, went with a shiny thing that they didn't bolster the trenches. Because if you can get the offensive line working, it helps not only Ezekiel Elliott, but Tony Pollard. Who really needs to have the career year on the on the last year of his deal? So, if they come away with a receiver, I think it's disappointing. If they can address by trenches, that's the best. I may have picked the wrong winner. Look at that. In hindsight, I just I don't feel great about it, Tony. Sorry. I mean, you know, it's a hollow win. I'm officially declaring it. Uh, at some point uh, in the future of this offseason, I definitely want to do some Cowboys what ifs. Mark, you touched on one. That 2008 Arizona Cardinals game uh, took out not just Felix Jones, but Tony Romo and Matt McBriar in an overtime loss that kind of broke that season. Um, you know, so a lot of what ifs that you could put into one tiny little box right there. Here's what's funny about that particular. All they did was drop to four and two. How many other seasons, if Dallas was four and two, would the fans be optimistic and think that, well, it's our chance and we're going to win the NFC East? But that particular year, and maybe it was because the Giants, who were reigning Super Bowl champions, came out of the gate and only had one loss to that point, but it felt like the season was over. Mm-hmm. 
at four and two. Good times. Um, we'll revisit then um, later on this offseason when Aiden was like learning to crawl or whatever uh, back in 2008. Um, all right, Tony, you are our winner. Send us home with whatever you want. The last words belong to you. Mashed potatoes is superior to baked potatoes, and that's not a question. Later. <laughs>